everyone, and welcome to Sugar Daddies, a podcast where two grown men rate and review seasonally available mass-produced foodstuffs. As always, to my right is Alex. And as always, to my left is Chris. Alex. Yes, Chris. We still find ourselves in the heart of a Minnesota winter, and it is beginning to take its toll. Yeah, I have not seen you like this in a long time, Chris. Yes, I have grown a full unkempt Grizzly Adams beard, uh, mainly as a warning to others that I am both suffering from cabin fever and cabin badness. And you are wearing the cardigan and drinking the hot chocolate of a man who is clearly broken. I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. This is very fashionable. Look, I know a cry for help when I see one, but our job is candy journalists must go on. Yay. With the turning over of a new year comes new Pop-Tarts, Alex. Well, they still make those things? They do. Our last expose on soda-flavored Pop-Tarts did not sink the Kellogg's Corporation. Well, it's almost like they have other brands to support them or something. That is honestly the only answer. Hmm. So what do we have this week? We have their limited edition flavor, sugar cookie Pop-Tarts. But starting off... We're having their new flavor, Blue Raspberry. Blue Raspberry? Yes. Now, Blue Raspberry is a flavor that's been around for a long time. Yeah, that is not a new flavor in the candy world. Yeah, I don't know why Pop-Tarts is just now decoding the Blue Raspberry technology. Maybe they were just trying to find the flavoring that heated up the least well. One thing I will say about Pop-Tart is they have not upped their comic game since last time we've had them. No, they haven't. In fact, I think they may have actually gotten worse. You know what? Before tonight, I would have said that was impossible, but I stand corrected. So for anyone who's unfamiliar with what a box of Pop-Tarts looks like now, they are covered in a series of small, increasingly unfunny vignettes. So not only are they unfunny, but they also try to cater very clumsily to the youth market. One of the vignettes has a young boy dressed up as an artiste and a poodle covered in paint. It should be pointed out that the poodle, who was originally pink, is now dyed very splotchily blue. And it says, never trust a dye job to an amateur. I want to know why it was dyed pink in the first place. I think that's just the color poodles come in. Yeah, I heard pink poodles are kind of a new breed. Yeah, after Hunger Games, they're all the rage. Oh, it's so true. One of the other ones that's on here is unpopular Pop-Tart style, 80s hairband tart. I don't get it. Other than just saying the joke again, I literally don't think there's a way to explain this. It is simply someone has put a disgusting wig on a Pop-Tart, which to be fair is gross, but also not funny. I mean, who doesn't want like a white snake Pop-Tart? But Alex, I think what is most upsetting, there is a joke on here that is actually funny. Wait, what? It is very small, which only makes me imagine that is how it slipped past the censors. Wait, wait, what do you mean slipped past the censors? You know, the comedy censors, the people at Kellogg's that make sure nothing funny exists. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very tiny at the top of the box. There's a small Pop-Tart running, being chased by what appears to be a referee, and it says, Blue Streak. What makes this funny, though, is where the Pop-Tart would have genitals. It has been blurred out. That's incredible. I can't believe someone would make a joke about a late 90s Martin Lawrence vehicle. 
You mean the one that grossed $117.7 million domestically? Alex, I don't think that's what they're referring to. Oh, wait, what are they talking about then? I'll, uh, I'll let your parents explain that one to you. We've talked about the box. We've talked about Kellogg's war on humor. Let's talk about what the Pop-Tarts look like. All right. They look like a Pop-Tart with some blue stuff lazily thrown on the top of them. Uh, they do, yeah. It is not something I would call appetizing. No, but to be fair, this is actually how all of the Pop-Tarts are decorated. That's true. But these are decorated with the color of mold. Yeah, it's a vibrant electric blue on a very stark white. If you were to tell me to decorate a pastry to look like outside during a Minnesota winter, this is what I would bring back. White, blue, and sad. So when we try these, as per our usual Pop-Tart testing methods, we will eat them both regular and toasted. That's right. And last time we learned they are usually terrible toasted. I'm going to predict it will taste like latex, much like those watermelon ones did. I'm going to say they're not because the orange crush ones actually were pretty good. I guess we should just eat them. Yeah, there's no more putting this off. Let's let's try these. I'm confused, Chris. As am I. I really went into this expecting bad fruit flavors once we cooked this thing up, but I actually, I liked it. It warmed really well. I would not go so far as to say I liked it, but I will give it the rating of not repulsive. That's fair enough. Which is the highest award I've given a Pop-Tart so far. I would say this is not a huge venture for Kellogg's. They already have a raspberry Pop-Tart. I shouldn't be as surprised as I am, but here we are. I would not say it tasted like raspberry. It just sort of had a more general berry flavor. A collection of berries. Yeah, it does like a bunch of berries they found on the ground and put them into a machine. They made a Pop-Tart out of it. They washed them off first. Hmm. Yeah, so cold, it was good. It was fine. Tasted like berries, nothing repulsive. Yeah. Warmed, the flavor became a lot more subtle, but didn't lose any of its berry essence. I thought it became more of a cohesive whole. It tasted more like a fruit-filled pastry than just cardboard and fruit filling. Yeah, really warmed. It gave it a much more sophisticated air to it. I would almost say this is a lovely after-dinner Pop-Tart rather than a a breakfast Pop-Tart. I think it's going a little too far, Chris. Oh, sorry. I have a thing where if I eat too many Pop-Tarts, I start talking like I'm on NPR. Before we move on, one thing we absolutely have to bring up, though. This being a blue food, neither our teeth nor our tongues are stained blue. Which is exceptionally odd, because on the package, one of the little vignettes explicitly calls out that the guy's teeth are blue. Yeah, you could eat this and then go directly to the dentist, and they would never be the wiser. I mean, you'd have hot Pop-Tart breath, but other than that, yeah, they'd never be the wiser. Which is an achievement for food? I don't know. I feel like a food not staying in your mouth is kind of the minimum requirement, and we shouldn't really reward them for doing something you're supposed to do. Yeah, we shouldn't, Chris. Let's move on to our second set of Pop-Tarts. Yeah, let's move on from that. As we mentioned earlier, the second set of Pop-Tarts is Frosted Sugar Cookie, Printed Fun Pop-Tarts, which means it's not just a lazy application of violently colored frosting, but in fact, there are printed cartoons on each pastry. 
So you're saying that not only are there terrible vignettes on the box, each package is its own wrapped nightmare. That's right. It's like a blind bag of nightmares, too. This is a thoroughly upsetting turn of events. I'm a little bit excited, I'll be honest. As usual, this box is plastered with a bunch of cartoons that make absolutely no sense whatsoever. None at all. But it does have the return of beloved comic character, Tiny Dinosaur in a Bow Tie. Oh my goodness! Anyone who remembers back to our first Pop-Tart episode, Pop-Tart Emergency, also coincidentally, the last time I ran, Tiny Dinosaur in a Bow Tie played a pretty prevalent role on that box. Well, he's back at it again, folks. What wacky adventures is he up to now? Well, this time around, there's a Pop-Tart with a club and loincloth frozen in a block of ice. And then Tiny Dinosaur in a Bowtie says, That's cold! And the caption reads, Frozen Neandertart. The other little cartoon I want to talk about on this box has several characters sitting around a campfire. And one of them explains, We'll need to eat someone to survive. And the Pop-Tart, very worried looking, replies, But it's only been 10 minutes. Alex. Yes, Chris. It's becoming more and more upsetting that these cartoons depict Pop-Tarts as having hopes, dreams, and feelings, and one would assume families. So stepping back from the terrible cartoons and turning our focus towards what is probably a terrible flavor, sugar cookie. I mean, isn't that what they are already? Well, they're a sweet pastry, but they're not a sugar cookie. Okay. Now, sugar cookies, when baked, are hard and crunchy. The inside of a Pop-Tart is typically soft. Are you saying we should bake these? Maybe. Did they just shove them full of sugar cookie dough? These are the same people that made a root beer flavored Pop-Tart. Who knows what lengths they'll go to. I'm hoping we just open these up and it's just it's just granulated sugar. just pours out. Yeah. <laughs> just just around your coffee. Instead of like a packet, you eat the packet. You know, it's like you get your coffee in the morning and then you just break open the Pop-Tart and in goes the sugar and then you can, you know, eat the Pop-Tart and drink your coffee. Oh, I think like having a dissolvable packet where you just like dump the entire packet in your coffee and it dissolves. How big is your mug, Chris? How little is your mug? It's espresso. Do you, oh. Well, let's open our blind bags of dismay and try this limited edition flavor. I hope I get an alternate paint scheme. Alex. Yes, Chris. Were the cartoons that we read on those cookies funnier than the ones on the box? No. Because they were printed on a lumpy or regularly frosted surface, they almost took on a certain HP Lovecraft cosmic horror quality. Or at least the same quality that you would find on a flyer at one of those HP Lovecraft fan shows. Had a real Cronenberg quality to it. All right. On funny cartoons aside, these were pretty gross. Yeah, I'm not a real big fan of sugar cookies in general, but this was sort of like not fully baked sugar cookie flavor, which is actually worse. Yeah, so inside the cookies is a sugar cookie-like paste that almost tastes like sugar cookies, but is just a bit off. It's like the kind of sugar cookies they would give the astronauts. Just they come in a tube and they're made predominantly with sadness. And when warmed, they're actually even softer, which felt kind of ironic. Yeah, warmed it pretty much tasted the same. But now instead of having room temperature goop, you have hot goop, which is at best a lateral movement. 
This is definitely a return to Kellogg's making an item that is supposed to be heated, but is actually worse when heated. Yeah, so they're called sugar cookies. I guess it tastes like sugar cookies. It does not fill your heart with the joy a sugar cookie would. Yeah, this is definitely the sad, solitary version of a sugar cookie. Yeah, we were really riding high with those blue raspberry ones. All good things, Chris. So one thing I noticed, and this may be nothing or it may be everything, on the bottom of this box, there is a logo for Certified Sustainable Palm Oil. That sounds innocuous enough. And the emblem they use looks oddly similar to the one used by the criminal organization Spectre in the James Bond movies. I do not believe this is a coincidence. I think Spectre is out to ruin joy. And they are starting with this box, Alex. This box I hold in my hand. That's nice, Chris. All right. Well, let's move on to recommendations and then wash our mouths out. I'm going to say blue raspberry is good. If you don't like Pop-Tarts, this is not going to convert you. No, it's not like the uh, orange crush flavored Pop-Tarts, which honestly were good. These are pretty much your standard Pop-Tart flavor. The sugar cookie Pop-Tart, however, is it's a hard pass. Yeah, I kind of get why these are on clearance now. I'm surprised they didn't just put them in a trash compactor already. They may have done that just immediately after I purchased this box. Be like, well, into the garbage with you. You're no longer fit for human consumption. Well, on that unceremonious end, how can people get a hold of us? Well, Chris, we are on Facebook. So if you search for Sugar Daddy's podcast, you can find us there. And we're on Twitter at Sugar Daddy's pod. You can find us on Instagram at Sugar Daddy's podcast. And if you have a real physical keyboard, you can email us at comments at sugardaddiespodcast.com. If you'd like to go to iTunes and give us a five-star review, that helps a lot. Or share the podcast with a friend. I'm going to put this on the table. I don't want Kellogg's as a sponsor. But what about Special K? Ugh, not going to happen. But do we know the agent of the tiny dinosaur with a bow tie? I'll get his number. Excellent. Excellent.